The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Are you still dealing with depression? Is this like an ongoing battle? Do you feel... Well, I think that ultimately people think because good things are happening in your life that you can't be depressed. You know, like, I have a girlfriend, everything's great. How can you be depressed? And I think it's there could completely two different things. You can be depressed and be dealing with that and still be happy about other things that are happening in your life. So, like, letting people know that I'm still going through it no matter what. Like, there's deep-rooted issues that need actual, like, therapy type stuff. Sometimes I don't have time to be doing it. And so I'm continually going through it. It's always a battle. But I'm understanding that it's okay to, like, address it now and be transparent about it with people around me. And that's what's helping me. In this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Hunter Moreno. I had no idea. I don't know about all the YouTube stuff, you guys. I don't know who, I didn't know who Hunter was or any of the YouTube stars, aside from the fact that my girlfriend, Laura, does the hair of Tana, who was at an event called Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay. And I was curious what that was because obviously it's an enticing name and I'm a podcaster who talks mainly about mental health and I'm a mental health advocate. And so I had to look into what this company was all about. And it was developed by this super cool young dude, Hunter Moreno, who I guess was like a content creator or is a content creator for people like Bella Thorne and the Tanas and all of that space on YouTube. And I just think it's so incredible that we're seeing more and more young people coming up with these incredible ideas um, on how to help people. And it's interesting. I was uh, at my book launch party a few weeks ago and I was giving my speech and I raised, I asked questions to the people who were around me. And I, the first one that I asked was, raise your hand if you've ever been embarrassed and everybody in the room raised their hand. And then I said, raise your hand if you've ever been anxious and everybody raised their hand. And then I said, raise your hand if you've had ever had a panic attack And almost everybody raised their hand. And then I said, raise your hand if you've ever been depressed. And everybody raised their hands again. And then I said, raise your hand if you've ever been suicidally depressed. And about 70% of the room raised their hand. And I did that exercise so that way everybody could see how common these things were, how common dealing with mental health issues is. And that's the importance of this work. That's why I started this podcast. That's why I wrote the book to normalize our mental health challenges. Because if you're dealing with uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, or addiction, whatever it might be, 
you're not alone. You're not alone. We're not the minority, you guys. We are the majority. And so collectively, um, I, I always want, collectively, we will heal. You know, I do believe that. And it's young people. I still consider myself young. Hunter's much younger than I am, I believe. <laughs> um, though that are starting to light the way for these conversations to be had. And I think that it's such an incredible thing. And I'm always, always, always open to sharing my platform with people who are really making an effort to make big change in this world and to make people feel a little bit less alone. So with that, here is Hunter's episode. So I was saying, I didn't know who you were. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is just because I'm a nearly 30 year old mom and I just, I'm not, I don't know YouTube stuff. I think no one really knows (laughs) who I am. (laughs) People know who you are because I was just saying I literally got more questions for you on my Instagram from fans than I did for Rebecca Black, which is (laughs) insane. But I, I found you because, so my girlfriend, Laura does hair for all of the YouTube um, girls, Mm -hmm. the Tana and the, I don't even know the Instagram girls or whatever. And so she posted this picture of Tana at an event called Make Sure Your Friends Are Okay. And I was like, okay, what is it? I have to know more because my whole podcast and life mission is about mental health and addiction awareness. That's so awesome. And so I was like, okay, I've got to like dive into this more. And then I saw that you had kind of put this whole thing together. Yeah. And I have to say, it gives me hope because I feel like it's easy to write off my generation. I don't know if you're a millennial or not. And the generations Mm -hmm. following as like these kids that just have their heads in the sky or in their phones all the time and aren't doing shit with their lives. Right. And here you are and making a big change or, or at least trying Trying to, to. it seems like you are, I mean, you're gaining traction and we look at like the Greta's of the world, right. Mm -hmm. Who are, like skipping school to save our planet. Yeah, and you're like, awesome. it gives you motivation hope, yeah. and hope mm-hmm. that you can do something too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really amazing. And I want to dive into all of that, but I always like to get a little bit of like a history from my guests too, because it takes a special person to create something like this. Definitely. And so I want to know more about you, where you grew up, what you're doing with your life now, all of that stuff. Cool. Um, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I went to college at University of Arizona. So I spent four years there, got my business degree, um, and also took a year in Europe, um, like an international minor. Then moved out here um, about two years ago and started working for um, ICM Partners, doing like music touring and like the music side of it. And I uh, just wasn't happy and wasn't like really feeling fulfilled at all. And um, I was, at the time when I moved out here, I didn't know anybody. And I moved into this random old guy's office. I had no idea who he was. Just friend of a friend found him. And I was living like on like a cot, like one of those pull-out cots. And so you're living on a cot in an office. Yeah, literally this <laughs> random place in Santa Monica. So um, just trying to figure it out. And then I met up with this girl who went to my school, but I wasn't really friends with. And um, she at the time was Bella Thorne's assistant. And she's like, hey, I'm looking for a roommate. Do you want to, like, move in together? 
And I was like, anything, literally anything out of this place. Better than a couch. Yeah, exactly. Futon in the office. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so we ended up moving in um, to this place together in Hollywood. And um, I pretty much just started doing content for Bella. Me and Bella became good friends. I started doing like all her music videos, photo shoots, things like that. And we got like super close. And um, then me and Bella went to a music festival together, ran to Tana at this music festival where they did like that whole like kiss that went crazy Don't a know while about ago. It. Okay, it, was a, so it was a thing they, that they had a kiss mm-hmm, and, and it like broke the internet. Exactly, exactly. Isn't that crazy how this shit works these days? It just it's insane. Like the things that all connect for you to get to the next like where you end up being, pretty much. So that happened, and then um, I met Tana, and she asked me to start doing content for her, and I was still working at ICM Partners. And, like, hating my life. Like, I was stacking cookies in jars, like, in full suits, like, delivering mail. It was, like, absolutely horrible. And um, anyways, Tana's like, yo, do you want to quit your job and do videos and photos for me? And I was like, obviously, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, <laughs> so like, you look like you have a fun life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've always, like, done video and photo. Um, so I did. And I quit. And um, it was great. You know, I got to start creating what I wanted to do. And... Um, you know, I was getting a following, but I started feeling like a lot of depression kind of going more, I don't know how to describe it, like the more traction I was gaining, the more followers I was gaining, I was getting more like depressed. I was like looking for something that I wasn't receiving. And I was thinking that like, you get happy when you get more followers, you get happy when you get more things. And like, that's what you're like, kind of trained to start thinking you move to LA. So I was, you know, doing these things for her and like still very depressed. And, uh, and yeah, I pretty much got to the point where I needed to completely distance myself from like the YouTube type community because it was like affecting me so much. I didn't like grow up in the YouTube space. I didn't know anything about it until like literally until I moved out here. And, um, and yeah, so I pretty much was going through these like horrible lows and I'm not very close with my family. Um, we started, me and my brother started getting closer recently. Same with me and my mom. My, my, my dad I haven't talked to for years. But my brother reached out one day and he's like, hey, let's, let's, what do you think about the, the sentence, make sure your friends are okay? Um, and I was like, where is this coming from? I think it's awesome. And he's like, I watch Catfish and like, it makes no sense why anyone would be on the show. Like, where are their friends? <laughs> like, like, I don't get it. And it's I was, so true. Though. It's like, where, like, are, where they? are their buddies looking out for them? Exactly. So he's like, so sad. Exactly. So he was approaching it in a different way than I was. I was approaching it like, I'm depressed. I'm going through like a lot of very, very like low lows. And this is exactly what I need. Like, making, taking my platform where I was previously looking for something else and turning into something positive. So then I was like, let's let's create something out of this. Let's do something. So we created merch. Fanjoy is this company who does all of our merch for us. They um, reached out for me to do like hunter merch or whatever, stuff for like me as like a photographer. And I said, I'd rather do it for my company that I'm doing now. So we started doing this merch and things started spiraling and we started getting different people wanting to, you know, do stuff with us. And we started doing events and now it's just like going into this whole new world where people are really like identifying with what we're doing and it's it's been amazing since. Mm-hmm.
Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. I think it's such an an incredible thing, and I talk about this a lot, how um, when we move into a space of authenticity, the way that people rally around that, and I'm Mm -hmm. feeling really supported in in that way right now, too, and I think it's just an incredible thing. I I got sober. I don't know if you know my background at all. A little bit. Okay. So I had my own reality show, got sober, and I said, I cannot be in media. I will get loaded. I will kill myself if I, and I was in, that's, my drug addiction was really just severe depression and PTSD. Mm -hmm. And my coping was the drugs. So take away the drugs. And I still had all of this other stuff I needed to work through. And I knew that if I went back into the media space, and this was before Instagram, I can't imagine. Part of me is like, I wish Instagram was around because I would have a million followers right now and whatever. And I would be like rolling in the dough, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then part of me is like, would I have really been able to handle that, that heat, that pressure? People don't realize. Eyes on you at all times. so intense. Mm -hmm. And so I took those years off, got married, had babies. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, I need to do something. I feel this calling like in my bones that's like there's something here and we need to do something about it. And I can't just look at the 70,000 people a year that are dying of drug overdoses and thousands and thousands more of suicide and just sit back. And, you know, we own a drug rehab and that's great and that's Mm -hmm. an incredible way to help people. But I'm like, I need to do more. Mm interesting because when I did have a couple years sober, I did this one thing. I went to Vice with this really interesting idea. I was like, I want to cover mental health and addiction in like the rawest way possible. I want to go into safe injection sites. I want to go into the prisons. I want to go, you know, and so we recorded one episode and it was me helping an ex-boyfriend of mine actually get sober off of heroin. That's so cool. I got 2 million downloads. So I knew there was something there Mm -hmm. on YouTube. Right. They didn't, Vice didn't pick it up. I still want to do it. If you're down, let me know. I'm so down. (laughs) Um, But so I put together these 10 episodes, like beginning episodes. We only did one. It did really well. And I was like, okay, what if I did a podcast where people just came on and kind of lifted that veil? Mm -hmm. And I think it's especially hard for men. The vast majority (laughs) of my guests are female. Mm -hmm. And so I really applaud you for being able to come out and say, I'm fucking depressed. Yeah. No, it's it's something that I've noticed so much. And that's why I thought, you know, by me doing this, maybe you'll have like more men will want to think it's okay. It's a, it's a weird thing with masculinity where people think that like you're not allowed to be vulnerable and say you're sad or say you're depressed because, you know, exactly. It's just like. Uh, well, there's a stigma. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird you're stigma. you're not strong enough. And, exactly. And the messaging that I feel like. And I feel like we are moving away from this. I, I'm mm-hmm. personally, I, I belong to a group of really conscious parents who do believe in That's teaching cool. their sons and daughters about feelings and how to cope and tools and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But up until very recently, it was like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on checking, like exactly. down the road. You, yeah. you don't get 
you know, any time to mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, and I've noticed that too. You know, I'm in this this weird space around a lot of like celebrity type people. And you're watching him as well. Like some of your favorite artists, you know, are committing suicide or drug overdoses. So many different things. And there is not, everyone's around them is like, man, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have like reached out more or things like that. So by like normalizing this as much as possible, hopefully it will start reaching those people where they're finding like, you know, any sort of artist, like find a rapper and you're just like, hey man, I'm still here for you. Like everything else besides the shows aside, everything like we're here. And I think that, like, that is so important. And so we're just really pushing on that as much as possible. I also think, I mean, that's important to do for anybody. Yeah. But in this artist space, so the vast majority of addicts and alcoholics are sensitive creatives mm-hmm. who, you know what I yeah, mean? Definitely. Like, have a heightened sensitivity to this world, which is why they make beautiful art, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And... So it's easy to, um, like you said, think, oh, they've got all this money and all this stuff. Like, they're probably fine. Yeah. But it really doesn't equate to happiness at all. So with your depression, what are some of the things that, you know, are you still dealing with depression? Is this like an ongoing battle? Do you feel... Well, I think that ultimately people think because good things are happening in your life that you can't be depressed. You know, like I have a girlfriend, everything's great. How can you be depressed? And I think it's, they're completely two different things. You can be depressed and be dealing with that and still be happy about other things that are happening in your life. So like letting people know that I'm still going through it no matter what, like there's deep rooted issues that need actual like therapy type stuff. Sometimes I don't have time to be doing it. And so I'm continually going through it. It's always a battle. But I'm understanding that it's okay to address it now and, like, be transparent about it with people around me. And that's what's helping me. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, every day it's still a struggle. You wake up some mornings and you feel like you're not, you know, doing enough. And this morning I texted one of my friends, actually. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, today's just one of those days I feel like I haven't really done anything successful. I feel like I haven't done anything that, like, is worth value yet. And she, like, sent me, like, a list of all these things that she thinks I was, like, I've done in, like, this last year. Be like, open your fucking eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you need those pushes from people around you to really understand. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a struggle every day yeah. for everyone. Yeah, and I think that sometimes our wounds, and I think a lot of people don't understand this, and I was talking to my husband about this last night. We went and saw this movie, and there was, like, a rape scene in it, and I— fucking lost it. Usually mm-hmm. I'm fine, yeah. right? But for some reason I left the theater bawling and I'm like sitting there and I'm crying and I'm like I'm such a mess and duh, and all of the negative self-talk. My husband's like I'm here for you and I'm like yeah, but I should be stronger and be able to like be here for myself and I rely on you way too much. Mm-hmm. And but what I realized at the end of it is sometimes our wounds, they never heal perfectly again. You have a scar and sometimes that scar hurts and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe six out of seven days, we're fine and everything seems okay. But we're always going to have those, you know, seventh days where it's really hard. And it's okay. I think that's the thing. People think because you have that one day, that like, oh, it's all it's all going down from yeah. here. It's all bad. But like, it's okay to have that day. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's really interesting in our culture too. And we're we're talking about this whole idea of cancel culture now, mm-hmm. where like, some people say cancel culture isn't real. I think it's very real, where people real. make these mistakes and then there's no grace. Mm-hmm. 
And I did just have Rebecca Black on, right, mm-hmm. who became famous for this song that she put out when she <laughs> yeah. was 13 it's years crazy. old. And she received death threats over that, which is absurd to me. Literally insane. And so it's like there's – we we have this mentality now too, which is that like – you can't ever show your vulnerability because if you do or if you make a mistake or a misstep, you'll be canceled. Yeah. It's a scary place, especially for like anyone in the limelight at any point. Like you have to always be looking at your Instagrams like 12 times before you post them because you don't know if there's potentially something in the background. Someone says something that could upset one person. And that one person could, you know, make a huge video and spiral out of control. I even go through it where I don't even have that big of a platform, but I don't post that often because I'm like thinking way too much into everything. I'm always like second guessing my posts. And is this going to be something that someone might talk bad about? Or is this that like it's so many other things that like have to cross your mind nowadays because you're afraid of like people coming at you. I mean, even for the average person who has especially the younger generations, the Instagram and the Facebook, whatever you're posting now or what I posted when I was 15 when Facebook was oh, man. the beginning of <laughs> yeah. Facebook, you know, like could be brought up against me yeah. in 2020. And you really just don't know. Like the things you're posting you back know. then, like... Could be totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. And now they're totally not. Exactly. And then you're fucked. And now you're shamed for something. <laughs> I'm like, it was okay back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It like, is. I want to talk about the business model of make sure your friends are okay. So you come up with this concept, you develop the clothing line, and how does this work? Is this mainly nonprofit? Is this, you know, like what is the goal here for make sure your friends are okay? So um, we're not a nonprofit. Um, We're like doing social goods. What we do is we donate a percentage every month. We change the percentage based on like last month was uh, Suicide Awareness Month. So we needed 50% of sales to suicide awareness, um, the Texas crisis, text crisis hotline. Um, we change them every single month. So based on, you know, whether, like we did Trevor Project and Mental Health America, there's so many different ones we go with, um, but we switch up percentages and things like that. And then whatever percentage we're saving, like right now I haven't received like a penny from my company. I'm not, we're not taking money out. A lot of people who are working with us are doing it because they care about what we're doing which is so awesome. But we are building a foundation where we are trying to, like my next move that I want to be doing is creating a docu-series and following artists around on tour and tracking their mental health where they are at the beginning of tour to the end of tour. And I think like things like that, you know, they do cost money. So taking merch and taking percentage, giving it straight to mental health and then putting other stuff back into production for more stuff around mental health. Yeah. Um, so we're doing things like that. Events, we just had our first event that you were talking about um, where we had three different artists perform. We partnered with this um, company called We're Not Really Strangers. It was like a card game. Um, and it's like one of the like, best things I've seen out there in the space as well. It's really a place for you to open up with a stranger and become friends pretty much by the end of the game. And, you know, they range from the first level is like perception of like, instead of saying, what do you think my name is? Uh, or what do you, what is your name to what do you think my name is? And then it goes into the points of being like, what's the most pain you've been in that wasn't physical. And it allows these people to like open up. And so we had this event and we had this card game playing on a big projector for celebrities and, you know, every everyday people, every type of person comes and they're playing this game and opening it up. And it was just like such an awesome like space. 
Let me give everyone merch for free. And it was just like, that's what I want to continue to be doing. So I'm planning another one right now. It's a toy drive in an art show where we're having artists all around Los Angeles and other areas donate pieces and um, different musicians to perform as well. And we're giving back to kids and donating the money we get from the art pieces to mental health. So we have so many different things we're trying to do, but they're all like so great in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's like a, it's kind of like a ripple effect. Like Mm -hmm. this one idea starts same thing with the podcast. Like I was like, okay, I'm just going to do the podcast. And then I have a book coming out in three weeks and I want to start doing wellness events just all around Mm -hmm. mental health and sobriety. And just go from there. And it, and it's incredible that you're here doing this because, I don't know, like I said, it just gives me hope. Um, okay, I want to dive into some of these questions because yeah, there were so many. And I know that people are listening to this episode and they're going to want to know. Cool. Um, so what's been the best moment of 2019 for you? Wow. Um, that is a very hard question. I wouldn't say there's like one moment in particular that's been great. Um, that like it overpowers everything. I think that in this company I've only had for a year now, we got our um, a contract with Urban Outfitters to be in like 30 stores across the nation. Um, so anything that's really going on with my company is like the best things that are happening to me right now. Um, so that was really, really amazing. We just hit our second contract with them. And yeah, I think maybe the event might have been one of my favorite things of seeing something come like full circle and like putting something all fully together. Yeah, some, something like that, I feel like. I don't really, I don't really know. I think I, I've noticed myself sometimes I just like go through these motions and don't really take a second to step back and be like, yo, this is awesome. Like, appreciate this. So something like that probably. It's hard to slow down. Yeah, I think when it really you're like is. going, 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 it's really hard to be super present and to go, wow, that was a major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I just... A couple of days ago, I was like, why am I feeling so much anxiety? My husband's like, um, you have a book that literally like lays out your entire life coming out in just a few weeks that <laughs> everybody's going to read. <laughs> I was like, oh, sure yeah, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's probably what this is. Okay. So what are some tips to talk to your friends about um, mental health struggles? It's a good question. Um I think that, well, everyone kind of can approach it differently. You know, it depends on your friend group and how you have a relationship with your friends. The way that I typically do it, I'll just reach out like a normal text message, like, hey, man, how are you? Get like how they act, like how they're pretending to be, like, good, what's up? And then be like, no, no, like, like actually, well, like, what's going on? And then let them dive a little bit deeper to like what's going on into their life. And then you kind of can drive the conversation by bringing up certain certain topics. Be like, what's been going on with your family recently? What's going on with... A school, how's your mental health been? And I kind of will ease my conversations in with people like that. I won't just hit them with something like really intense off the bat. Yeah. But I think, you know, everyone has different friendships and different people they treat differently in their friend groups. And I think that the way that I think the best way to do it is just super organically. It's really just saying like, how are you really? Like, what are you going through? Like, honestly, give me your like honest opinion, like walls down. And I think that because so little amount of people do it right now, that my friends are really like open to doing that. And um, it's been so awesome. So I think that anyone can be doing this nowadays, like finding their friends, be like, no, like, how are you really? And like, see the the look on their face, different from like the, good you. They're like, well, you know, I've been going through this. And then like, it opens up a whole thing and you can kind of dive deeper in that. So I think just 
slowly easing your way into these conversations, but allowing it to be a very comfortable setting, like not putting anyone else in the room, like very just like you, either a FaceTime call. I think they're way more intimate than texting. So things like that. Yeah. I also think making sure that you yourself, before you go into some of these more intense conversations, are feeling like that you can really be a good friend and not give unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing because so often we can go into these things and then we hear our friends' struggles and we want to fix them Yeah, because we feel bad. Definitely. But it's like... That's not what we actually need. We Mm -hmm. just need someone to say, you know what? I've been through really rough times too, and that sounds really challenging. Or I have no idea what that's like, and I'm really sorry, and I'm here for you. And if you want to grab coffee and talk about it or or spend more time together, like, Mm -hmm. I'm down. Exactly. I think think you're so right about that. People too often are trying to give back, like, answers to their problems rather than just, like, listening to them and being like, I hear you. I hear what you're going through. And I think that's what people need way more nowadays. Absolutely. I, I literally got a hundred of, is he single? He's not single, <laughs> you guys. He's very pretty, but he's not single. Thank okay? you. Yes, I'm in a relationship um, recently. Someone said, who's your favorite mother? Favorite mother? What? I could be my mom who sent that. Your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Was it your mom? Could, um, it could be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um... So someone says, what's the hardest thing that you've been through? Um, I think when I was in uh, when I was in high school, my brother, so going back to before that, my dad left when I was two and kind of got a new family after that. And um, I kind of always had like a distance from him after that. So I had my brother, um, blood brother named Justin, who he was in this group called Young Life, which is like a Christian youth group. Um, and I was in high school going through like the, you know, drinking and trying smoking and things like that. So we and him didn't talk really at all. So I had a babysitter um, that was from when I was in kindergarten who slowly kind of came my brother, but not like blood brother. And um, he pretty much like raised me. And um, I didn't really trust anyone because I was going through, you know, stuff with my dad and my brother. My mom was working really hard, so she wasn't able to do as much. And so I had this one guy who was pretty much everything for me. And um, one day he, and he was living with us as well. And one day he didn't come home. And, um, you know, I found out that he overdosed on heroin and got, you know, sent to jail. And I had no idea he was even doing drugs. And it was such a, like a, a rude awakening for me to be like, how am I so naive not to see someone in my own house being on a drug that's that substantial? And it changed like my life. I think I really shut down from everyone around me. I didn't want to talk to anyone about what I was going through. I really just, I was so upset with him as well. And um, it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. The one person I trusted in my life, like lied to me pretty much. And he went away to rehab and um, now he's in, in charge of a sober living home and he's completely sober and it's been years and he's apologized and done everything. And I completely understand. And and um, we're good now, but I think that I'll never forget that. And it it messed me up for so many years and he wasn't even aware that him doing that could have such a big effect on me, I think. So that was a, that was a big struggle I dealt with in my high school. Yeah, I think anytime that you're dealing with someone who's addicted, it's really, it can feel like such a big betrayal. And mm-hmm. even though we know in hindsight, like it had nothing to do with me mm-hmm. and everything to do with them, but it felt... It, 
it can almost be like a re-traumatization of you know, stuff with your dad. That is really hard. And I'm happy that he's sober now, though, and Me that too. he's doing better because that is a huge accomplishment. I yeah. mean, the success rate for us getting and maintaining sobriety is really, really low. Yeah. yeah. So that's amazing. What is your favorite article of clothing that you guys have come out with? Um, the new hoodie. So we have this one that we just came out with or about to come out with next week. Um, and we have a green one that I love. And um, that will be my hands-on favorite. I wear it like every day. But They look really cute. They look really soft they are and very cozy. Soft. I got so, you with one, whatever one you okay, want. Thank, Let me know. Thank you so much. <laughs> Cannot wait. Yeah, I'm all about – I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now too. So all about that sweatshirt yeah. white. Yeah, they're really cute. Um, do you ever photograph things just for fun or has it just become a job? Yeah, I think I still like on occasion am able to photograph things for fun, but it's, it is very much a job whenever I go out on trips with people or, you know, anywhere like I think it was more like when the girl I was dating before my current girlfriend, everywhere we went, she'd like want to be photographed and, and like, I was always cool with it because the photos came out awesome. But then I started feeling like it was definitely a job and it wasn't as enjoyable for me. And now my current girlfriend, like, is always like, put your camera down. Like, let's just chill. Mm. And I think that, like, is so awesome. So I've been kind of shooting less, um, but it's also made me happier. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Hand in hand, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I still I still love shooting anything. But nowadays when I get reached out to by, like, you know, a friend who wants to do something creative, I'll really want it to be insanely creative for me to like want to do it for yeah, free. Yeah, because you don't feel burned out. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, You know that guy Jacob on everybody? Yeah. I mean, he's got like gazillions of followers mm-hmm. now, right? He, It's him and his girlfriend that go and travel the world and think. And yeah. I think the same thing. Like, do you ever get sick of each other? Do you ever like not want to be together on a plane? Do you yeah. like what, like creating all this content? Like what can this really exactly. be like? You're sitting on an airplane like he's still holding a camera and taking photos on an airplane. I'm like, don't you just want to chill? <laughs> chill. I like, <laughs> a little bit yeah. I mean maybe maybe not who knows yeah so everyone's different yeah how'd you meet your current girlfriend we met at a festival in San Francisco I went out to outside lands and she was there mm-hmm. with her friend and one of my friends gave me an artist pass like the day before and I was like You're oh sick. my god let's go <laughs> and I went out there and just like I had like one friend who lived in San Francisco I was like crashing with and um so I just went to this festival really just kind of by myself and met up with her and uh, she was just awesome. And we hit it off and came back and been dating ever since. And there you go. Yeah, yeah it's been great. So you went to the festival by yourself. Pretty Are much. Are you one of those kind of people that will, like, go to the movie theater by themselves? I'd rather watch Netflix, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> By yourself? Yeah, by myself. <laughs> I, I can do a lot of things alone. I'm really yeah. okay with being by myself. Like, you know, I want to do trips by myself. I lived in Spain for like six months and um, spent the last month like by myself as well. So doing things alone, I have no problem with. I really love it. I'm the fucking polar opposite. Really? Oh, no. I don't want to be by myself. No, I take my assistant Peyton everywhere I possibly can. I'm like, Peyton, what are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Come sit and watch me work. (laughs) And she does it. Um, Okay, well, thank you so much. That was Thank you. This is so awesome. And where can everybody find you? You can find me on Instagram at Hunter Moreno and uh, make sure your friends are okay.com for our website. Learn more about mental health and uh, check on your friends more. This is really important, you guys. I can't stress this enough. And check in with your friends and yeah. your community. And as always, we are always here for you. You guys know I'm in my DMs 24 7. 
And if you need help or love or a hug virtually, I'm always here for you. Me too. (laughs) Thanks. This week's affirmation is, I acknowledge my self-worth and my confidence is rising. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at Recovering From Reality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 